All right, welcome back. The man from Pakistan, Raj. Dude, thanks for coming back for the second time to get this right. Of course, man. It's uh, always a pleasure being here. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. Raj here I met at work, and he has a great, great story. He's originally from Pakistan, like I just mentioned. Um, what am I forgetting already? From Pakistan. Came to the U.S. Came to the U.S. 23 years ago. Lived in the U.K. for a few years. And then and almost stuck died. Stuck in Utah. And almost died. Stuck in Utah. <laughs> and survived a kidney transplant yes. and all this. Yep. So you've had a wild ride, brother. Yep. And <clears throat> um, I always love hearing the story. So let's kickstart it off. Dude, cheers again. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. So what was it like growing up in Pakistan, dude? Um, <clears throat> growing up with, in Pakistan is very different than the U.S., definitely. Um, it was almost, you know, almost 24, 25 years ago. Very different than how it is now. Um, especially, I would say, the city that I grew up in, it's, um, it's right next to Afghanistan. It's a few kilometers away. Mm. Um, I've um, had great memories in Pakistan. <clears throat> Still have really good friends that I talk to over the over the phone or um, through Facebook. So I I keep on getting you know updates yeah. on how things are. Yeah. But um, as I said, I I grew up in the city, few kilometers away from Afghanistan. So it was pretty rough growing up, mm. um, especially when at midnight or two a.m. you could hear the bombing or sh shooting from the other side of the border. Yeah. It was pretty rough. But um, other than that, um, Pakistan is a beautiful country. Mm. Um, back then, we had many, many tourists, um, many foreigners. Um, when I say foreigners, that would include many people from the U.S. that would come and visit Pakistan and um, teach English as a second language. With Pakistan being a British colony back mm. from the 1940s, uh, when the British left, they still have everything according to how the British used to mm. be, what they did, especially the tea. We yeah. still drink tea three to four times a day. Man. Man, never could get into tea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord knows I wanna, but man, I just, I can never. I can't get into it, man. <laughs> and we drive on the... And, uh, well, when we say we, um, even though I'm an American now, I consider uh -huh. myself from the U.S., but yeah. <clears throat> um, people in Pakistan even drunk on the right, wrong side of the road, or would uh -huh. you say right side? So they yeah. drive on the right side, right? The right side of the road. Yeah. We drive on the left here. Correct. So, yeah. We're, I think we're the only country that does that. I think. I think U.S. and Canada. And Canada? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know all the driving techniques in the, throughout the world, but yeah. I think we're one of the few that hit to hit, head to the left. Always good to be drive. different too. Yeah, nothing wrong with being a little different, Definitely. man. Definitely. But yes, I've been here for twenty three years, man, and um, I have not been back to Pakistan mm. until next month. I plan on visiting again. Nice. So, so when I think of Pakistan, like growing up again, this is the ignorant side of my Americanness because I'm not from there and I'm only fed propaganda and I should look into it. It's shame on me. But when I think of Pakistan, I just think of dirt, 
desert, like uh, houses made out of cement. You like no plumbing, no like nice things that we have in the U.S. like electricity, simple things like that. Is it like that growing up or <clears throat> certain areas? Not at all, actually. There, mm. there might be some some areas of Pakistan, especially um, not so rich places. I would say. Okay. Um, because, quite frankly speaking, and I understand, you know, many people who have not seen Pakistan or visited Pakistan or many other countries mm-hmm. do not have an idea of yeah. how it is. Of Absolutely. Course, you know? yeah. We only we only look at what the media shows us. Mm-hmm. Um, where I grew up. Um, we we had all the facilities mm-hmm. that we have here in Utah, um, and yes, that is correct. There are many houses that are made of um, made of clay or mud, like you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah. I said, it's more of the not so educated places. Are we are we talking like the outskirts? Yes, kind of like yes. um, not desolate, but just out there, just out there, and um, that would include some of the slums the as slums. well. Yeah. So for us that don't know, where was your hometown like? If we're looking at Pakistan on a map, are you north sitting up against Afghanistan? It is um, northwest. Northwest. Correct. Okay. And uh, am I getting my directions right? Afghanistan. Okay. (laughs) Afghanistan's right there. (laughs) Many people. I'm very impressed. Yes. Well, we've had this conversation so many times. Like it's starting to like. I look at the map and go, okay, that's weird. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> And I appreciate you, you know, looking at the map. and <laughs> Yeah, I want to figure it <laughs> out, man. Lot, man. Yeah, definitely. So, um, but yeah, there are many places in Pakistan, as you mentioned, you know, with those situations. But at the same time, if you go to um, the capital city of Pakistan, it's Islamabad. Mm-hmm. And Karachi, it's actually one of the largest cities of the world. Really? Um Bigger than like uh, Mumbai, like India? It's almost actually, almost as big as Mumbai. Wow. Karachi. Yeah. Mumbai is huge. It is huge. There's just way too many people in that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a big issue over there. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a lot of people stuck in that spot. There's like a million. There's just too many people Please. sitting on top of each other. Overcrowded. I feel bad. Overcrowded. Yeah, very yes. overcrowded. Yep. And that's how it is in Karachi too. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Damn. But, um, you know, hopefully things get well and people are actually allowed to go visit those places yeah. in the future. If you ever get a chance, man. Well, I would only go would with you. Like yeah. yeah. I would only go with you. Oh, if yeah. I went over there by myself, I, I'd be like, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> I sure I would never make be. my way back <laughs> <laughs> to the U.S. I'm pretty sure I will be going back yeah. again after next year or this year i would love to visit so, man yeah. i have a friend from india and i plan on going to india with him mm-hmm. um just because why not dude there's so many places i want to see you know i wish i wish us pakistanis had the opportunity or an option actually to go to india because <clears throat> i'm not exactly sure how much history you know of pakistan and india but they were one country mm. and in 1947 they split it used to be known as Hindustan. When they split, India became India, Pakistan. But ever since that split, Pakistanis are not allowed to go to India, and Indians are not allowed to go to Pakistan. Why is that? Because of um, different beliefs. Uh-huh. All the 
issues, all the problems that they've been having ever since they split. Why would they split? What was um, the cause? So was it was um, political. It nonsense? was it was a British colony back in the day. Ah, Before God, the British left, those they Brits, basically dude. split yeah. us up. Families were literally scattered. Uh-huh. There were, you know, some of the families were left in Pakistan that couldn't go to India, and vice versa. So it was it was very sad. My parents were little kids at the time, so they mm. know quite a bit of. So they lived through happened. that. I yes. couldn't imagine. Living through the British colony. Oh my goodness! How how freaky, man! Your parents lived through that, huh? They did. Wow! Born in the nineteen forties. Yes. Did they write a book about that? That has to be the most wildest time. Oh yeah. To just be like, here's a here's Britain, this little tiny, well not tiny, but little sliver of land, and took mm-hmm. over half the world at one point. Yes. And split colonies <laughs> and slavery, diseases. Oh, yeah. Like they messed up a lot of things, yeah. a lot of things. Quite a, quite you know? a bit, exactly. Yes, and not to the British people now. Obviously, it's not their fault, but like back then, back then, were were they? Were your parents? Did they see like the red coats, Brits, like yes. the old school ones? Yes. Whoa. Yep. And they were wow. probably like <laughs> you know four years old or five years old. My mom was actually born in India, mm-hmm. and it's because. Her dad was a priest, an Anglican Presbyterian priest. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in India on, he was getting his theology certificate. So once he was done getting his theology certificate, since he still had his family living in Pakistan, my mom was born and she was four or five months old when they moved to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So technically she was born in India. Wow, dude! But um, I would love to go. I'd love to visit. I heard it's gorgeous. I heard the people are amazing too, mm-hmm. and they're very, very welcoming. Yeah. I just wish these issues would end someday. Yeah. So the government from both places would allow us to meet each other. Yeah. You know. Well, I feel like that would benefit both you guys because Pakistan, pretty huge, a lot of land, and then I feel like it could all be developed together as one you know instead of everybody just crammed into mumbai everybody just crammed over here you know let's open that up a little bit the borders would open now people would be they'd be so happy i bet each other you know and i could only imagine how many families would be able to meet Mm -hmm. once the border is opened up man so yeah Dude, that's, that's wild about your parents. Stuff. I had no idea. Dude, I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah. Brit, like Britain being over here, and I'm looking at the red coats. Like, hey, you have to abide by these. The, the you know, pulling out their dumbass scrolls and reading off rules that make no sense, yeah. but only to them. You know, taking land from people. It's oh, what a horrible I, time of history. I can't even imagine how those times were. Yeah, for so many people. We're so lucky not to have to. Yes. Go through that. <laughs> You thought you had it hard? Just think about stuff like that. <laughs> you know? We're so lucky. Dude. So happy to be here, man. Seriously. We're so lucky Didn't. even to do this. Sit down and like talk about it. Oh, yeah. Some countries, they would kill you for doing yes. stuff like oh, this. Yeah. And here we are. Oh, yeah. Man. So what, what, when going back to growing up in Pakistan, what was the schooling like out there? Is it kind of like here or schooling kind of loosely uh, forced? Exactly the British way, man. Yeah, oh, really? Very much, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, 
At least I know when I left Pakistan, they still had high school up to 10th grade. Mm. And after 10th grade, you go to college. That's how it is back in the UK, anywhere in the UK. Oh, really? It's only up to 10th, huh? Correct. Wow. Unless they've changed it now. Okay. But you're only 15 years old and you're yeah. in college. <sighs> That's how it is. Yeah. Wow. I wish they would do that here. High school was such a waste of time. <laughs> it You're really just killing time. You're hanging out. Yeah. Uh, you're just trying to gain maturity, I guess. Because when I hit, dude, when I hit college, I was caught off guard big time. I was like, I don't even know how to write a paper. Like, it's very different here than yeah. how it is in, you know, other countries. You'd be surprised. Um, I already had my associate's degree in computer engineering uh. when I moved to the U.S. And with I being so young in my teens, early teens, 16 or 17, uh-huh. um, they wouldn't accept my degree. So they told me to go back to high school for one year. What? Yes. Here they told you that? They did, in Utah. Yep. So I had to go back to high school, um, even after transferring all my transcripts yeah. from the college back in Pakistan to the high school here in yeah. Utah. They still wanted me to get uh, an actual high school from her, high school degree from her. So I went to high school for one year, man. Oh my <laughs> god, you're like Billy Madison just starting over. Oh, man, seriously, <laughs> it was rough. Seriously, I yeah, just imagine going to college for two years, getting your associate's degree. Yeah, you put the time in already. To go back to high school. So did they um, acknowledge your associate's degree though? Once you got your high school. Diploma they here? did not. No. They did not. So nothing yeah. even mattered, huh? Nothing mattered. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is there frustrating. Times, man. It, it crushed me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you already know everything. You're like, uh, why am I have to do, why do I have to do this again? <laughs> exactly. Yep. And just repeating and spending money that, Well, you know? um, my brother had a bachelor's degree uh-huh. in uh, political science. Yeah. And when he went to community college or, you know, University of Utah, to see if they'd accept his degree. They did not accept his bachelor's degree. So they had him go back to college for two and a half years to get a bachelor's degree because it was not accepted. I wonder why. (laughs) What difference would it make? Yeah. The education system is very different over here. But then again, it was 23 years ago. It must Mm, have changed now. It has to have changed. Because if I were to take my education, I would let's... For an example, I'm spitballing here. Took everything I know and say went to the UK. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they would be like it would be accepted. It's pretty universal. Physics yes. is physics. Math is math. Like, Correct. and that's what mine is all in. And that really doesn't change much, if at all. Yeah. I could be wrong, but Plus pretty sure. The experience, and right, your, right. You know, the career that you're working in. The machines are pretty universal at this point. Definitely. So even now, I think if you have any type of bachelor's and you go to a different country, I'm pretty sure they acknowledge it. it. Yeah. Well, even if you took your bachelor's degree to Pakistan or India, it is accepted over there. Yeah. That's what's weird. I think if I went anywhere else in the world, cool. But for some reason, U.S. has to be a stickler about things. No, that's that's not our... Their degrees are accepted anywhere in the world. Yeah. That's what's weird, man. So, U.S. is interesting, man. It's uh, this is one of the adva- one of the biggest I mean, advantages mm-hmm. of living in the U.S. You get a U.S. Yeah. passport, bro. Pick a place and go there <laughs> without even 
thinking about getting a visa. Right. Just have your passport, yeah. get a ticket, just fly away. You want to come to the U.S., dude, visa, passport, uh, <laughs> yeah. dude, interviews. Definitely. Man, it is, it's tough to get in here. You know, when we first moved to Utah, um, like I said, 2000, it took us almost seven years to get our green card. Mm-hmm. From the time we got our green card, it was extra five years for us to get our U.S. citizenship. Yeah, I have a friend so going through that right now. 11 or 12-year process. Yeah, which is frustrating. My friend I from India who I talk about, who I love, he, he's in that process right now. Is he? He still has to like submit forms for his green card. Submit. I had to write a um, letter mm-hmm. just about him, that I know him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had to redo that so he can just keep his green card. Wow. It's like, but this guy's been paying taxes. Yeah. He's... He's smart, he's educated, he has his degree. He got his degree here, you know. It, he's invested into the U.S., and they still hold him, like, in jail. Yeah, It's frustrating. So he's it's a good dude, times. you know. But then you got people slithering through the border and just taking whatever they want. Yeah. And, and this guy's trying to stay here and have him submit paperwork, <laughs> and they won't even give him citizenship. Because of that, people, you know, yeah, definitely. It, it, I love the U.S. I'm not, I'm not mad dogging it, oh, yeah. but it, you know, they're they need to reform a lot of things on how they look at people. I think. <clears throat> you know, when we were moving here, um, one of our family friends who had visited the U.S. a few times, you know what he said to us? He said, "You guys are lucky because U.S. is heaven for you." Mm-hmm. And that's how it was when we moved here. Man. Just imagine moving from a country like Pakistan or India, yeah. where we do not have all these facilities that we get here in the U.S. Yeah. It was heaven for us, man. When we when we arrived here, everything yeah. was different. You know, the smell, the atmosphere. You know, the greed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the greed gets me, man. It's so frustrating. <laughs> the taxes. <sighs> Taxes. It's heartbreaking sometimes. Speaking of taxes, it's coming up. Tax season, man. Yeah. Yeah. God bless America. You get taxed all year, and then you get taxed again for filing taxes. Filing taxes. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. (laughs) I wish there was a way for us to qualify for Social Security in our 30s, you know, Um, instead of waiting for till we hit 60s. I think you can if you have some sort of like major disability. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I think if you're, if you're blind, that's one of them. Yeah. I think that's the biggest one. If you're blind, they pretty much. Or if, some sort of, yeah. If you're. Yeah, I'm thinking there are quite a few different things that you that could qualify. Yeah. You to get just. Um, I think if you're degree. missing like both limbs of some sort, yeah. like both hands. Like it, it, which it sucks. It has to be something like outrageous, you know, for you to get that. It should be like, well, ESRD, yeah, and straight renal disease. Yeah. You qualify for it no matter how old you are. Really? So I was getting my social security. However, I was and I was not actually getting it. Uh-huh. Medicare was paying for my dialysis. Uh, okay. And I should, you know, fifteen thousand dollars a day. For dialysis. Fifteen thousand dollars, man. You saying fifty five oh or fifteen? Fifteen. One, One five. five. 
So every a time day. you had dialysis, fifteen grand. Yes. <sighs> yes. Do yeah. you, and we'll get into that, but you had dialysis two years? Almost um two and a half years actually. So what's the math on that? That's I was on um peritoneal dialysis. Yeah. Where you could do it anywhere you wanted to. You uh-huh. could stay at home instead of going to the clinic. Yeah. You could do it at home. If I were going to school I I could do it in school, at work, anywhere I wanted. That's Man. that was the advantage of peritoneal dialysis. <sighs> But I did it for 15 to 16 hours a day for almost two and a half years, man. Mm-mm-mm. So that was rough. I could imagine. And I do not wish that on anyone in their early 20s. Yeah. When it's your time to enjoy your life, you know. I hit 21 and a year later, I had a kidney failure. Yeah. So my early 20s were on dialysis. Yep. Yeah, coming up, let's bring that up to par. So, grew up in Pakistan, pretty straightforward. Then you got, then you all moved to um, London for a while, right? Correct. That's where my mom's family is. Yeah, and you lived in London for seven years, you told me, I think? Almost um, six, seven years, yes. You still, do you gain an accent from it too, right? I did. Yeah, I, I could tell some of your words, I could tell, like, yeah, that's a little bit English also in there. Also because my dad Brit. was a professor for English literature, English grammar. Uh-huh. He was very strict about it. Was he? Very strict. About but, proper English, proper spelling, uh-huh. proper pronunciation. Wow. <laughs> I met your dad. Yeah. Yep. I didn't get that vibe of, like... Being, yep. <clears throat> so he... um just to give you a little bit of background of what happened um, back in 2002, 2003, he had a stroke mm. when we in, we were in Utah, which caused his right side, it, it was completely paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So he was not able to teach, he was not able to speak, not able to talk or walk. Took him a while to get back to normal. Mm. So um, yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. Um, had some had some serious health issues yeah. himself. Yeah, I remember when I met him. I I remember you telling me, yeah, he had a stroke. Yeah. And like a dumb idiot I was, I put my hand out to shake his hand, mm-hmm. and then I remember I was like, oh yeah, okay. he can't. I yeah, felt he probably bad. wasn't able to shake his hand because his like, hand is. Yeah, his, he was stiff. holding his right hand, I think, to him like this, mm-hmm. and he couldn't move. And I was like, oh man, I'm an idiot. Oh no, that I felt was, bad. That completely fine, man. Because uh, he's he, used to it. No, oh, he shouldn't be, you know. <laughs> he shouldn't be used to so, like, oh, oh, oops, you know. No, no worries. Right? No worries. <laughs> Not your fault. He taught at um, Cambridge, right? Yes, yes. He taught yeah. at Cambridge and then in Pakistan, he was a principal for a British high school, which was affiliated to Cambridge University. Wow. So all the literature, all the... All the textbooks, mm-hmm. everything we had in Pakistan came straight from Cambridge University. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How's his writing? Does he write longhand? Cursive? He, he used to. Yeah? Not anymore. Was it pretty? Yes, it was uh, It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I know those literature guys, their handwriting is phenomenal, man. Beautiful. He probably had that really nice, fine really pen. Nice. Dimped it in ink. Correct. What yeah. we call in Pakistan joining writing. Joining writing. Joining. Yep. Yeah. 
No one really does longhand anymore. It's all shorthand, it's typing, all shorthand do, 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 you know? Correct. It's a lost art. Sometimes I miss actually writing longhand. Yeah. Because we're so used to, even at work or home, wherever we are, we're just so used to typing on mm-hmm. our computers or laptops. Yeah. I have one friend, um, Adrian. He still, his cursive, dude, some of the prettiest writing nice. I've ever seen. Longhand. Every time I look at it, I was like, man. How do you write like that? And I would always try to like mimic it and it would just look like wow. two-year-old writing. I was never good at cursive. I can do it, but this, man, this guy, and he's left-handed, so it was just oh wow, it's beautiful, man. beautiful writing. Left-handed people, man. Yeah. They're, they're blessed for some reason. Yeah, they're you know? gifted. Yeah. They're gift, they look at the world different. I appreciate <laughs> left-handed yeah. folks. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So growing up in the uh, spending, I should say growing up, but spending time in London, man, how was that? What, what age were you from there to the, before you got to the U.S.? I was, um, I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I was eight years old, and uh, the time I spent in London were probably the best years of my life. Yeah. And um, some of my childhood memories are from the U.K. Yeah. Um, my mom's whole family is in London. They had been there for, they've actually been there for almost, um, I would say, over 40 years. Wow. My cousins were born there and um, they still live there. Um, life over there was just beautiful, man. I bet. Amazingly beautiful. Everywhere you went, the people there were very welcoming, caring, I would say. Mm. At least that's, at least that's what I felt, you know. Good. Um but yeah, I had a great time over there, man. I um I miss going there. Ever since COVID started, unfortunately, we were not allowed to travel back and forth. But I hope someday, or I hope once I um once I come back from my trip next month, mm-hmm. sometime this year, I'll be I'll be able to go back nice. and visit my family. That's cool, but, yeah. So you and were of there? course the Scotch over there. Oh, the I, I could imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait. You know, I haven't had the urge to really go to Europe quite yet. Um, I really want to go to. Um, oh, where was my grandma from? What's that place way up north? Um, right above Germany and Poland. Uh, Dan- Denmark. Denmark. So oh. she's she's from Denmark. Yeah. Um, rest her soul. She passed away uh, last year, I think. Um, so we got some Danish in us, and I've been wanting to go to Denmark for that'd be amazing a long time. Yeah, that would if if one place I would go to Europe, that would be the one. Uh-huh. If I didn't go anywhere else, though, just because she was from there. Who did? Uh, my Who? grandma. Oh, your grandma. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you said she passed away. She passed away last year, last not year. from COVID. Um, it was just she's she got old, you know. Courage. Yeah, yeah. Mother Sorry. time. It was her time, and uh, she passed away. Sorry. Probably one of them. Yeah, probably one of the awesomest grand. I, I know everyone says that about their grandma. They should, if they're good grandmas. Some of them are vicious. Well, I'm sure she, was an amazing grandma. <laughs> she was awesome, man. She was like, man, who? How, where did this person come from? Like they escaped the war, like World War Two, oh, wow. when Germany was making their way up. I guess Germany would use that port through Denmark to, uh-huh. you know, you know, bring in wow. troops and supplies up there. Man. So they 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 took off. 
think she was about four or five or something like that. And then, um, just yeah. imagine how much her parents did for her <sighs> to take her out from there. Yeah. Well, I found out recently my great grand grandpa. So her dad, um, I met him once oh. and then come to find out he eventually, um, later on took his life. I guess he hung oh, him. Goodness. He hung himself. Cause in, in Denmark, in like Danish community, um, candy shops and sweets and things like that, kind of like are thri are like a thing. Oh. Like they have a sweet tooth. They make awesome like desserts, desserts. And candies, toffees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he opened one here <clears throat> here in the U.S. and it it didn't go well. It didn't go too well. You know that's not really a thing in the United States and. Um, he just got really, really depressed. Uh, he couldn't take care of his family, and so he took his life. And um, that's very sad. Very yeah, sad. it's heartbreaking, but it also explains like where the trauma of depression has been passed down, yeah. generation to generation. Like, oh, that's where it comes. Like, okay, and I so, can relate to it. Yeah, you know, so it's tough, but. Going back to you, yeah, that would be the only part in Europe. I would maybe, yeah. well, maybe London one day. I would love to see Germany, um, Poland, Austria. Yes, I hear is very beautiful, but that's about it. I'm gonna thrive for like Italy. And, Don't yeah. forget Scotland. And Scotland Ireland. would be cool in Ireland. Yeah, those would be some cool spots. Yeah, <laughs> one of my best uh, friends. He's um, he's actually my childhood friends. He, I've known him for almost 40 years. You can imagine how old I am then, right? <laughs> he lives that in Glasgow. That make you 23, right? What was that? That make you 23? Yes. <laughs> for the seventh time. <laughs> seventh teen time. Um, yeah, his, um, he he lives in Glasgow. and um, he's where's, there where's Glasgow, for, for those who don't know? What was that? Where's Glasgow, for those Scotland. who don't Scotland. Yep. Okay. And he's been there for almost 25, 26 years. Wow. I have still not met him, but I would love to go and just visit. I've Dude. heard um, it's a beautiful place. Me too. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends go and they love it. Wow. Yeah, they love or they loved it. So let's make a plan, bro. Let's do it, man. Seriously, there's a lot of places I want to. Oh yeah. Life is very short, and uh, we'll yeah. get to it. <laughs> There's still places that we can actually drive to, you know. Mm -hmm. So many national parks in Utah that yeah. we can go to. I mean, the United States alone is filled with things to do. Oh, yes. Man, like it's endless. Absolutely. You know? There's so many places. I've barely even tapped into the U.S. Uh -huh. traveling. But, yeah. but one uh, day. One day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, dude. It'll happen. It It'll happen when it happens. Yeah, when the world is away. <laughs> That's right. So how long were you from, when you were in London, you were from 8 to 20, something, <clears throat> right? Something like that? To my in Until my teens. Like 16? So um, we still used to travel back and forth, London and Pakistan. Okay, okay. So um, in my teens, and then we finally decided because um, we were planning on, um, we weren't permanently living in London mm -hmm. because we didn't have... Um, we did not have the nationality. Mm. So we still had to go to Pakistan after a little bit. We had to go to Pakistan. Then my the house that we had, the property, we sold it and then decided to move to Utah. Gotcha. So we went back to Pakistan again and then moved to Utah after that. Fair enough. So yeah. 
Did you ever hit any pubs in England? In England, I went to a couple of pubs. Yeah. Which I could, I have yet to find those types of pubs. You won't find find it in the U.S., man. (laughs) Did you ever go to any uh, football games? Yes. Hit the pubs. Oh, I hit this. Sing all the songs and everything, dude. So when you say Chester United, (laughs) which football? (laughs) You know the English football. (laughs) The, The English football. Yeah. My um, I think I've told you this before, but to one of my cousin, uh, one of my female cousins, she used to play professional mm, football. That's right, yeah, you did for Liverpool. <laughs> and I was a little kid, man. I wish I was that's old cool. enough to get to know those people. Yeah, you know. But um, I had a great time just yeah. watching them play. Yeah, I hear it's there's nothing like it, just nonstop hoorahing. Oh yeah, and just people. I used to play football myself. Um, I loved playing cricket. Mm. Um, cricket actually is known as uh, the sport. It's known. It's called the sport of the lords mm. because it is. It actually started in England. It's a national game of England. Oh, really? What about so croquet? Cricket. You ever play croquet? Cricket. Croquet. Croquet. You know that game? No. That's where you take these little like spike hoops, uh-huh. you stick it in the ground, in the grass, and you have balls. There, there's a trick to it. There's a strategy to all of it. And you have this little wooden mellow, wooden mallet, uh-huh. and you just crack the ball, oh, yes. and it rolls on the grass, and then through the hoop. Have you ever played that one? I've never I think played it's cro- it. Croquet. It's it's probably one of those sports or games that was. Played by the royal family. I believe right? so. Correct. I believe if I'm wrong, it's originated in the English community. It's possible, yes. Uh, I have to look it up, but yeah. I I know what you, what game you're talking about. Yeah, but my grandma from Denmark, uh-huh. she had it at her house growing up. That's all we would play wow. is that, that game. And if I'm not mistaken, the, the thing that you hit the ball with, its base is made of wood. Yeah. Is that correct? Exactly. It is. It's yeah. like a big, long, you know, the, the mallet they hit at like court. And exactly. Quiet in the court. It's like that, but a big version with a long. Uh-huh. Thing. Yeah, you, yep, yep. you hit the balls through the little thing. It looks things. like a fun game. Man. <laughs> Seriously. It's actually very like uh, therapeutic because uh-huh. there's strategy. You got to knock the other person out of the way and you use the other ball to like create force to. Yeah. Get it through. It's actually a lot of fun. I wow, enjoyed it. I as forgot a kid. about that game. Yeah, it's an yeah. old game, dude. Old old game. Oh man, I think that's what it's called. But somebody hopefully will. You know what it reminds me of? Alice in Wonderland. Uh huh. Yeah. It's played in that. Yeah, that's exactly right? what they're playing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that game. And I, I believe you're right. It's a very like upper class. Like, oh yeah, like, and you probably have a, have to have a lot of patience to play it too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it can go on for hours, dude. Yes. If you're playing it right, oh, man. Because yeah. then you 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 put you create a some sort of maze, I think, some sort of um, pattern you have to get through. And then there's a metal, there's a stick in the middle, and you have to hit that to mm-hmm. get a point. Yep. So you can spread out like your pattern for, I mean, forever. Oh yeah. And it could take you forever to win. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do some research on Me that. Me too. Game. I'm gonna have Seriously. to buy it, dude. It's fun. It looks pretty fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> it's like the chess for but for grass. I wonder if there are any leagues or any people that actually play that game here in Utah. I haven't seen anybody in Utah. No. Maybe in different states. Maybe different states. I would, I would, I would lean more towards the foreigners who are probably playing that. Probably. Yeah. Awesome. I don't think it's not an American game. It's for not. Sure. Yeah. So, no way, are American. Yeah. <laughs> so coming to Utah, man. How did you guys end up in Utah, of all places? So in Utah, we first of all, my dad wanted to come and teach her in Utah. Okay. And then um, secondly, um, we moved to Utah because. Of um, persecution, mm. religious and um, political persecution. Oh, so we're we're talking nine eleven. What was that? Are we talking nine eleven? Kind before of nine eleven. Before before nine eleven. Who was persecuted here in two thousand? Okay. Nine eleven took place a year year after. Uh. So, so uh, my family was actually Christian. Um, we're still Christians um, from the Church of England, Anglicans. Sure. And um, there was a lot of religious persecution in Pakistan taking mm. place. And with my dad being a principal for a Christian high school, the local authorities in Pakistan, they wanted to take over the, take over the school. And it was a private institute. It was not meant to be owned by the government. So my dad had no choice other than just to leave the school, and we moved to moved to the U.S. Who? How did you? Um, who? Who mentioned Utah of all places? Um, so my mom's one of my mom's cousin, mm. her and her family they lived here. Gotcha. Uh, when anybody we spoke to about the state in Pakistan had never heard of it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yep. Yeah. So some of the very common states that we had heard of living in Pakistan were Illinois, um, California, Texas, like the bigger states. New York. States. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Utah was not on the map we yeah. had. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend, um, Haruni, who's been on this podcast. He was from, oh, where was he? Somewhere... Over on the other, oh my God, where are some continents over there? There's not <clears throat> not South Ni Africa, not Nigeria, it's not Zimbabwe. Wow. Anyway, mm. he their family ended up in Boise, of all places, Idaho. Yeah, wow. And this guy was born in a um, refugee camp. Uh -huh. This dude is probably one of the most. Beautiful people I've ever met and had on the podcast a couple of times. Oh, wow. And um, he's just amazing dude. But I'm like, how do you guys, how do you hear about Boise? Yeah. You know, over way over there. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Somalia. That's Somalia? where he's from. Oh. Yeah, Somalia. Yeah, that's interesting. From Somalia to Boise. Yeah, know, right? of all places. Yeah. How do you guys, and there's a whole process like, um, you know, yeah. um, you find um, people to bring bring you over. There's all kinds of programs, and oh, yeah. they place you and they Refugees, place you. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they place you in Boise. Yeah. It's like wow. Yeah. Same for you guys. It's Utah, huh? We were technically refugees when we first moved here until right. we received our green card. Yeah. Seven years later. How how was the getting your green card? 
how's the process? Is it pretty? So from the time we had our case approved asylum, uh-huh. um, the first thing we were given were um, temporary work permits that we had to pay and renew every year. Mm-hmm. If we did not renew the permits, then we would not be able to work, obviously. But every year we had to renew those permits. Even the social security numbers we had or the social security cards we had, Mm -hmm. on them it was written only, um, they were only valid to work in the U.S. But once we received our green card seven years later, everything has changed. We were able to go to social security office, get our permanent cards. Mm. Uh, But it was a process. It was a very long process. Yeah, we had to hire an attorney in the beginning because at that time Utah did not have um, human rights or any immigration attorneys who would help you with your asylum case. So the attorney we had, she was from Virginia. Oh man, we had to fly her over to Utah every time we had a hearing at. at the court. So it was rough, man. We we spent imagine. a lot of money. Every yeah. single bit of dollar or cent we had that we brought from Pakistan with us, mm-hmm. it was gone. Yeah, I don't think people in the United States understand how expensive it's, it is to get yeah. established here, to even get a green card. Um, I think that that's why people just, when they see the border, they just go for it yeah. and then hope for the best because the money the amount of money it takes is insane insane it is so expensive that's why people just <clears throat> disregard it yeah. and go for it and yeah. i get it i understand like it, it's insane how much it costs Correct. to and get it's established for the whole family, yeah everybody individually we're talking thousands in yes. the ten thousands a little over yeah. 10000 15000 yes. Yeah, it's expensive. So we had to, that was a set amount we had to give the attorney for what she did. Mm-hmm. And then we had to pay for her ticket, round trip right. ticket. Virginia to Utah and, and uh, back. Virginia. Yeah. Her lodging, her food, everything we had to pay for. <laughs> yeah. It was rough, man. It was very rough. Yeah. <clears throat> we went to really, really hard times. Yeah. And... Um, there was a time none of our family members had enough money to buy a gallon of milk. Mm. So just imagine five of us not having any job, trying to look for pennies mm. to come up with with a dollar or dollar fifty at the time to get milk. Yeah. Well, I know about milk, dude. My dad was a stickler about milk. <laughs> this fool would take a marker and scrap a line in the middle. Wow. And then sit us all down. He's like, if you go past this, uh, you're going to pay for it like with your wow. own money. Really? Or <laughs> it was weird. You pay for it to get a new gallon. Or um, what was the other one? You're grounded. And or uh, it was another one. I'm going to fill it up with powdered milk to bring it up to another full gallon. Like, this fool yeah. would restrict this fool. My dad would restrict like milk intake in our home because he was so cheap. And back then, gallon of milk was like a buck twenty. Buck. Exactly. Yeah, cheap, dude. Yeah. And this fool would mark a line. 
And like we were like, Man. it got to the point where we would just take our bowl of cereal and fill it up with water because it was the same thing. It got diluted so bad. I was like, what's the yeah. point? <laughs> That's rough. Man. This was a lot of job, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? This was a you, American citizen. This fool would torment his kids wow. with a line over the mouth. Like, don't go past this line. Or you're gonna get grounded. It's like okay. And we would just stare at that thing. Man, <laughs> Man. I should not be complaining. Yeah. Man. Seriously. You know, I don't understand my dad technique. I get it now as I'm older. He was the oldest of 10. Yeah. So, like, I get where he was coming from. Like, mm. everything was, like, tight. But I was like, there's only three of us, dude. Yeah. Like, you can afford a couple more gallons of milk, mm-hmm. dude. Like, we, there's not 10 of us. There's three boys. There's five. Two adults. Yeah. Three kids. So... <laughs> Took me a while to understand Sorry, that. To we that, still man. talk about that. We joke about it now. I'm sure. Yeah. But uh my aunt Linda, bless her soul, she would always when she took would watch us, she's like, you guys get your own gallon of milk, whatever you want. And we would just look, 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 look. Wow. You know, loved it. But I get where you're coming from, man. Like yeah. everybody has their struggles. Everybody yep. has to find their way. And you guys did it, man. You guys figured it out. I'm glad you did, man. You wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation if you did it. It's it's rough, but um, at least you know, um, it's not gonna lie, but it's it's a blessing to be here in the U.S., man. It really I've seen is. People in Pakistan who have no milk for weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's gotten so expensive back there too. Yeah, um, and it shouldn't be. It's it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. A poor person in Pakistan cannot live off of 40,000 rupees a month. You know, that's yeah. how expensive it is. You guys use rupees? Rupees. Rupees? Yep. Would it, so when you say 40,000, what are you talking like $4? 40,000 would be about, I would say, $150. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know Less that. Less than $200. Less than 200 bucks yes. a month. And and say you had two hundred bucks a month, consistently. That's pretty good over there. Um, I would say probably at least sixty thousand a month. Well, what's that amount? That in is US? about three hundred dollars. So if I had three hundred dollars a month, that's pretty good. It should be good for yourself. For yourself. For yourself. Yes. Yep. <sighs> 60,000 rupees, $300. Yeah, almost $300 a month just for yourself. Mm. It's a poor country compared to the U.S. Sure. But... I I hate to use the word poor. You know, I hate that we use like, well, look at us. This is like how it should be everywhere else. Not necessarily, you know. Not necessarily, yeah. So poor probably wouldn't be the best word to use. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit, uh, yeah, what do you use? A little more established, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, financially more established. Like, Correct. here's what you would need. Yeah. Um, I hate to use that because it's expensive to live here too, man. It's gotten so expensive <laughs> the past three, four months, man. If I were to go over to Pakistan, oh, yeah, it's like two grand to rent a house. You'd be like, what? That's insane. Yeah. It's only like a couple hundred here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I get it. It's tough, man. It's tough everywhere. 
Whether you come from the U.S. I, or anywhere, if you were to put me in Pakistan, I probably wouldn't last yeah. two minutes. Like, oh, I'm done. But you, crazy, you know, you take someone right out of Pakistan and put them here, they have a tough time. Yes. Yep. So it's really. I can attest to that. Yeah. 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 You, you can attest. Your whole family well, could attest to that. So five people all together, man. Yeah. Not being able to afford anything. So thank goodness. Slowly things worked out. They do. The thing about the United States, if you keep grinding day by day, little by little, doesn't need to be extreme, you eventually get where you want to get. But you know? I must admit, it took us almost 15 to 20 years. Yeah, it takes a long time. To be where we're at, <clears throat> where we're at now. Yeah. So it takes a while. Yeah, that's another thing. It takes a while. It's not easy. A lot of people give up too. <clears throat> A lot of people give up and then at the same time there's so many people who expect to get everything as soon as they get here. Yeah. Except to have money, house, mm-hmm. car, everything, you know. It doesn't happen overnight. No. You have to work your ass off, man. You do. You know? Even the locals who've been here for or born and raised, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to work your ass off to be where yeah. you want to be. Yeah, I was born and raised in uh, the United States. It's tough. It is. It's yeah, tough. Yeah. It has its battles. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, man, you live in the U.S., it's pretty easy. It's a little bit more easier, I would say, mm-hmm. like things you need, things you can get, but they're not handing it out. Yes. You still have to pay for it. There's so... There's there there's still people out there, you know, who were born and raised with a silver spoon. Mm-hmm. Things are handed over to them. Um, I'm glad I'm not one of those people because I would probably portray life differently than I do now. You know, I struggled. You struggled. We Mm -hmm. both struggled. And I'm happy to be where we're at now, man. Yeah, same. Seriously. Yeah, I'm mad. There's no happiness without any struggle. Right. There's no happiness without any sadness. Yeah. There's no light without darkness. Yeah. So. Yeah, even the the rich people or the people who we assume have it well off. I mean, imagine being in that. You're always having to strive to be that. Yeah. I have to be at this status. I have to be. Dude, that's a struggle. Correct. I've seen, I, I've watched a lot of people just throw it all away. Yep. It's like, man, I can't do it no more. <clears throat> so, Some people... You know, who were given these things when they're born, they don't know what struggle is. They don't know what life is. Yeah. You know? I met those people. So. I laugh. I go, good <laughs> luck to you. <laughs> you, when it, time, when it hits you in the face, yeah. um, you're not going to do well. You won't be able to, you won't, you won't have your parents with you all the time to help you out. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to learn. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a wild ride, dude. Life is a wild ride. Speaking <laughs> of wild rides, when you got to the U.S., you had abrupt kidney issues. Mm-hmm. You had a kidney transplant. I did. Yep. You almost died. I did. I was on my deathbed. You were on your deathbed. Yes. Dude, sum, sum that up for us. Tell me. So, um, a lot of people actually did not know I was born with one kidney. To begin with. You didn't know that, right? I did not know. My parents did not know. Nobody mm-hmm. knew in my family. Um, unfortunately, me and uh, one of my cousins and one of my really good friends, 
we were driving back from Wendover and uh, we got into a car wreck, really, really bad car wreck. Um, thank goodness we all survived uh, with some scratches on our face. I had the windshield stuck in my head, you know, that's the mm. worst. What's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> a few <laughs> ye- few months later, I started getting or developing, started getting symptoms of um, shortness of breath, which is one of the most common symptoms when you're going through kidney failure. Mm. So when I went to my physician, he found out I was having a kidney failure um, then he started asking me questions if I had gotten to a fight, if somebody, you know, damaged my kidney, if they punched me, or if an accident took place. That's when it clicked to me. Yes, I got into a car accident. Mm. So um, I damaged my kidney in that Damn. car accident. I was on dialysis for two and a half years after that. And... Um, this one time, I, my kidney transplant coordinator, who was working on finding the perfect kidney for me, she called me at 3 a.m. And she said, hey, um, we found a kidney for you. Come over so we can get that taken care of. I was on my way, and they called me again. She said, hey, sorry, that kidney was given to somebody else who needed it more. That was a rough, that was a rough You're night. Like, um, please don't ever call me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she kept on apologizing. And I said, "You know what? Sure. If I'm if I'm gonna die, then it will happen someday. Sure. But I'm gonna think positive because I have a long life to go, man. Mm-hmm. Thinking positive helped me out quite a bit. Um, a week later. She called me back. She goes, are you ready for it? I said, I am ready. Tell me what time. She goes, well, right ready now. for more bad news, yep. Miss Bad News. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, it was the best news of my life. Yeah. February 24th, 2010. I was there in the hospital. They checked my vitals and it was a five and a half to six hour surgery mm-hmm. for the kidney transplant. There were many complications. Sure. My potassium was high. I was taken into ICU for a few hours after the after the transplant. But I survived, man. Yeah. You know, it's been uh, it's been almost thirteen years. It's actually going to be t- thirteen years next month. Congratulations. Um, I rem- I still remember the day I was in the hospital for five days after my kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. The fourth day I remember my physician came to me and she said, you may need to get another transplant in four years to five years. And I said, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. Here's two middle fingers. See you later. Exactly. (laughs) And um, I had a follow-up a couple of months ago and she was surprised to look at my records and the date of the transplant. She said, I am shocked to see that your kidney is functioning still. And she said, you will not have any issues because you're past that time frame mm-hmm. of complications or rejection. Yeah. So. Yeah, rejection happens fast. I've it seen does. it. Oh. Uh, it can happen in seconds, too. Mm-hmm. They can be all done and then in a matter of seconds. Oh, yeah. Also, the blood pressure dives. Uh, heart rate dies. Yes. Everything is Congested like. Congested heart failure. Yeah, it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. 
See, these are the things I know so much about kitty, congested heart failure. That makes me wonder if I should become a nurse. No. You should become a nurse. <laughs> You'd be great, dude. Or a, or a nutritionist because I was, I was on strict diet uh-huh. for those two and a half years before yeah. the transplant. <laughs> well, I sent you that diet thing. Seriously. Have you been sticking to it? Have you started it? No, not yet. Not, not yet? yet? Hopefully sometime this year. Yeah. And we'll start it back when you get back from oh, yeah. your, your trip. Definitely. It's hard, dude. It's hard when you're like, all right, I want to set this. And you're like, oh, man, I got a trip coming up. Exactly. Yeah, I and get then it. you have to quit for a couple of months and then uh-huh. come back. Mm-hmm. You lose all that vibe. You know? Yeah. It's it's yeah. tough. I get it. Yeah. But but you did it, man. You got through that transplant. You spent years on dialysis that we talked about earlier, yeah. a couple of years. And for, you did peritoneal. Peritoneal dialysis. And um, I had to lose quite a bit of weight, too, mm-hmm. because you have to... You have to lose a lot of weight in, if, in case you're overweight right? to qualify for a transplant. Yeah. yeah. Lost 75 to 80 pounds in three months. Yeah, and you were telling me you were big. You were like yes. 270 275, 280. Yeah. yeah. And you did so, it, man. You got through that. Never been back to that weight again, man, and I hope I don't. You won't. You, you have a constant <clears throat> reminder of... What you went through, like, no, I'm not going to go through that again. That's the ultimate, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. And you know, whoever's listening to me, if they're going through end stage renal disease, kidney failure, all you have to do is just think positive. Mm -hmm. And when your physician tells you to take your medication, you have to take your medication. If you're on any sort of diet, you need to watch your diet. Yeah. You know. You need to watch what you eat and drink. Mm-hmm. It helps out. It, it's it's going to change your life. Yeah. It turns your lifestyle upside down, but it will save you. You know. It will. I mean, you're a prime example of if you follow follow what is set in front of you, you have a long, beautiful life. I still, up to this day, I still watch my diet, even though I can eat or drink anything. Yeah. I mean, when I was in dialysis or even after the transplant for... A year and a half, I was in quarantine. Mm-hmm. I could not still drink alcohol. Now I can, you know, yeah. once in a while. So anything in moderation yeah. is good. Yeah. Dude. That's so great, man. I'm glad you... Dude, man, I, you're going to inspire a lot of people. You inspire me daily. When and I'm sitting there me. digging through, like, I creep into, like, complain mode. I go, ah, nope. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> you stop it right there, buddy. There's people who are just would kill to even have the privilege of what you're complaining about, you know? But, you know, it's anytime I talk to you, anything you say, it's it's like fuel to my soul, man. You oh, know? Too kind. Encouraging and uplifting. Yeah. And I believe nowadays it's it's not easy to find good people or good friends. You know, from the very first day we met, we started talking. I found an amazing friend in yeah. you. Yeah, likewise, it's a click. Thank you so much for being there for me, man. Of course, yeah. you know I, I I get it because I've been through my stuff, and this is not about me right now. 
But you know my story. Correct. You know, I was born with right in the gate of like, here's a bunch of shit gone sideways for you as yes. a baby. And um, hopefully you survive. Wow. And uh, I don't think people take cleft lip palate very seriously. They go, oh, that's an easy fix, man. Just one and done surgery. There's a lot to it. I know, a lot to it. A lot to it. Because what people don't understand is your body, when you come out with something like that, they go, well, how does that happen? That yeah. There's so many things that cause it. They Scientists still can't like pinpoint like that's it. But what it's telling your brain as you're developing is we're done and it stops mm -hmm. while you're in the womb. Because if you go any bigger in the womb, then you're getting bigger and you can't come out and cause complications for the mother. So you, your your body gets to the point where, okay, we're done. Let's let's get you out and then you yeah. you can get bigger. But the problem with mine is it shut off too early. So it shut off this portion of my face, shut off my vision, wow. shut off my hearing. Um, and I was set for a life of not much, you know, very, probably <clears throat> if I accepted it and like was accepted what the doctors told me, like, here's as far as you can go. Mm -hmm. I would probably be working at some sort of fast food restaurant for the rest of my life. That's probably where I would be. Me very mediocre jobs. And those jobs are not to be. Um, downplayed those are tough jobs um, and I I'm not stepping on any of those people because I've worked those jobs they're tough dude and you don't get paid well um, but those were the kind of jobs I would do like manual labor yeah. um, education would struggle I would struggle deeply um, and I did um, all through elementary I I I I, I couldn't really read till maybe when I hit community college when I was about 20. Other than that, I kind of just skipped it around and bounced around and kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't read or write hear or see for the longest time, man. Like I could see, but I couldn't like focus. Focus properly. Everything was like an 80 year old eyeballs. Like what? Mm -hmm. Always squinting and sh squinting at everything. Always like holding my ear, like, huh? What? Stuff like that. I You're mean, a miracle baby, man. <laughs> Seriously. And this was at a young age. This was a long period of time, you know, maybe all the way up to um they fixed my hearing when I was about the fifth grade. And they find I didn't get my vision fixed till I was about twenty almost 30 really? yeah like i finally got lasix thank god for laces people who shit on lasix like don't get it get it um because it makes if a I, huge difference dude if i didn't get lasix i'd probably be blind by now like my eyes were headed in the wrong direction wow. and this is was slow this slowed it down and brought it back to normal that's amazing man yeah I was, I was i um, was I, I can't I can't tell you like how envious I, I wake up and as a kid seeing people like you don't have to wear glasses that are like five inches thick. Wow. I, I rock the eighty glasses too, dude, like the big ones because they didn't the have little ones? kid ones. I had like the old school eighty ones, dude, like the big ones, and I had Rockin to put that. 
the things on the nose to like hold it up. <laughs> Man. You know, um You know? <clears throat> not gonna lie, but if you had not shared this with me, I wouldn't actually be able to tell. Yeah. That's Most people can't. Yeah. I mean, look at you, man. You're you're well settled. You have an amazing career. You know, majority of the people that I've seen they they can they only talk about going into radiology, becoming a CT tech, but they're not able to yeah. because it's difficult, you know. It's hard. It's not easy. So, it's it's a blessing, man. Seriously. You're like I said, you're a miracle baby. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I don't it's wow. I don't throw it out there that much, but I do use it as an example of like if you think your life is tough and the world's against you, um, try being born with yeah. some shit, not even knowing it and having it. Try being a kid born with cancer and then having yeah. to deal with that your entire life. Like what I was born with, I, nobody has any choice in being born or what they're born with, but I was born with a lot of things working against me. Like, yeah, like restructuring everything. And then, like, redoing everything, right? Like, I mean, yeah. cause, what would you, what was that word? Um, getting your, like, how how was it? And how old were you when, when this healed? Or so what I exactly went, took place? Sure, yeah, I wasn't all said and done with my reconstructed surgery like dental braces all that till I was about 23 24 that's when it was finally yeah. done like we, we hit the point where like we got your teeth where we can get it we got your speech where we can get it yeah we got your eyes where we can get it um after that you know you just have to monitor it and you know stay stay healthy um yeah. And it's it still bothers. It's uh, my health has always been uh, a stress for me, uh, right? Down. Rightfully so. I mean, I was stressed out from day one. People were always like, "Why are you stressed out? Why are you worried?" I was like, "If only you knew." You have no idea. You have no idea. Like, try being born with some shit. Just always worrying. Like, oh, I gotta have another surgery. Oh man, you're five years old, just sitting in pain. Yeah. Watching your two other brothers just play, and you're like, "Oh, I can't do much." How was it, <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, how how was it, did you struggle in school with friends? All the time. Or making friends or spending time with classmates? Yeah, I. it's really weird now what I'm doing now and doing this. You would have never seen that as a kid. Um, I was very shy, very bashful. Mm -hmm. um, I would try to find a ways to get out of school. Because I hated it so much because I was so behind, like really behind reading, math. Um, I was just not to sound um, or use inappropriate words, but retarded um, mentally. Mentally just slow and retarded. It's like I'm not, I don't get it. Like everything took me like 20 times longer mm -hmm. than what we quote unquote average. It, it still does to this day. Like I have to really, when I'm in school, I have to really be like, calm down and take it one assignment 
my one assignment. One step at a time. Because if I start thinking about it too much, dude, I just, I'm dumb. I can't do it. I just, it's hard to believe it, man. It's hard. I can't even see it. I can't even picture it. But I've always been a warrior as a kid, and I, it just, I go, well, if I don't complete it, where where would I end up? Yeah. That would always be, I was like, do I want to work at McDonald's for the rest of life? No. And some people do. Cool. But nah, I think I could do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me go get it a shot. You focused. You had yeah. a dream. You went for that. Yeah. Seriously. Was it easy? No, man. I almost bombed radiology school twice. <laughs> <laughs> I came, I saw, and I <laughs> Exactly. Seriously, man. Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing... That's a testimony, man. Seriously. Yeah. It's so amazing to listen to these stories. And I mean, some of the stories, kind of like yours, man, you were born with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was born with one kidneys or two kidneys, but I didn't find out later that yeah. on in the night. But I could only imagine how hard it would be for you in your teens or younger years trying to go to college not being able to focus or socializing yeah. with friends right that yeah. would be really tough really hard yeah it was tough dude it was like um and be and just being slow just always being a slow learner and difficulty and then i would get to, i finally got diagnosed mentally what was going on because there was a lot of mental trauma too mm. um as a kid it's going through all that all that pain and suffering yeah. Um, yeah, toys with you. People who say, right. "Oh no, no, get over it!" Like, no, it. Correct. It's like military. You go, um, you fight a war, and you don't think anything about it. Then all of a sudden, they tell you to go home and be normal. It's like, whoa, what? It's not. I was just normal. shooting yeah. at dudes, and dudes were shooting at me. Like, yeah. how do how do you be normal in this? And then after a while, I was like, I I, I started seeing like issues. I started had to figure out myself. Like, okay. I don't do well if I sit in the back of the class. So I always sat in the front and I did better. Um, And there's actually studies that if you sit in the front, you do better. It's like, all right, I'm going to do that. So I sat in the front. I may not have gotten A's or B's, but man, I rocked those C's and I got through it. And I I just, I kept doing that. If I was having an issue, I had to go to tutoring. I had to do double the work just to get through. And Got through. Yeah. <laughs> I know? actually, <clears throat> I'm going to have to agree with you with um, sitting at the front and trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Because I remember back in high school or when I was in Pakistan, my <laughs> my dad was our English teacher. Mm. And every time I sat at the back, he would tell me to come and sit in the front. And many teachers who... Because I struggled in school, not sure. growing, you know, growing up, and having having it at the back of your mind that your dad is one of the one of the teachers, vice principal, and then a principal. It was it was rough, man. It was hard. Sure, know. I can imagine. Traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so every time I struggled with any of the subjects, I would be sitting at the back, and the teachers would actually tell the people or the students struggling by sitting at the back to come and sit in the front. And it made a huge difference, man. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't believe it. At that time, I laughed at it. 
Yeah. But now that you're talking about it, now that we're thinking about it, it is very true. Yeah. The back ventures and the front ventures, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always sat in the front. I was like, man, somebody sat in the front, took my spot. I'm like, oh. yeah. I was like, all right, I have to get here earlier then, and I would That's get there earlier. Thing, <laughs> if, like, you know, some of the kids or high schoolers or teenagers listen to this podcast. That's another thing for them to learn. Mm-hmm. If you if you sit in the front, you'll do better. You will. Than when you're sitting at the back of the class, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's just a wild ride. I don't wish it upon anybody, you know. Oh man, never. And if anybody asks, would you do it again? No. Yeah. Uh, once was enough. I, I, I had my fair share. Correct. Yeah. Same for you. If it's like, oh, would you go through? Uh, once was it? Once yeah. was good. Fair enough. So. And um, when I was going through my difficulties, my hard times, I thought. I was the only one, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like you're the only one that that's going through those does. hard times until you meet people. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing to know you, your story, what you went through. Likewise. Some of those times were much, much harder mm-hmm. than my times, man. Seriously. Yeah. But what you went through, man, oh man, I couldn't do it. There's no way. I don't. I don't wish that on anyone no. in their early twenties, because that's the time you find out who you are. Exactly. You know? That's the time to party, meet oh, chicks, exactly. do things yeah. you're not supposed to do. You know. Those. Oh, those, those are the years. Parties. Yeah. <laughs> those are the years to yeah. screw around. I missed out on all yeah. that. You missed out on yeah. all of it. All of it. Sitting in that room doing dialysis, trying yeah. to stay alive. Trying to stay alive and think positive, mm-hmm. knowing that I have a whole life ahead of me. Yeah. <clears throat> knowing that I'd be meeting amazing people in my life. And yeah. I did. Yep. Likewise. Likewise, Same brother. Time. Yeah. I know after all said and done, I would start to meet people. Yeah. And I always yeah. have, dude. This whole podcast, all the episodes, I mean, I'm sure. I have met people where I'm like, how in the world? Have I met these people? Mm-hmm. You know, you, those kind of people will just draw to you. Yeah. You know? And I got my buddies here and there where they screw around. Like, their lives are pretty cool and they're funny. And, like, I love those guys, too. And I love those conversations, too. I'll never, oh, yeah. you know, I need those conversations. Definitely. You know, they'll, they'll, those will always be my, some of my favorites. But when I meet people, like, who've gone through some stuff, it's like, yeah. I get it, man. I totally get it. May not be the same avenue, but it's around the same block. Life you know? could be tough, man. <laughs> totally, Seriously. totally. How, so, all said and done, how do you like that whiskey, dude? How do you like that it scotch, I should one say? one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. Good scotch, huh? Good scotch, man. Oban 14. Oh, my goodness. I have to give credit to my friend, Roderick. He turned me on to that one. One of my favorites. Oh. This is one scotch I would just put a straw sit in the bottle and <laughs> enjoy for the it rest is. of the night. It's nice, huh? Taking sips on it. It's nice. Wow. It's really good nice. choice. Yeah, man. It's one of my favorites. I'm going to have to get some now. Oh, yeah. Get it now. It's only about, I'd say, 95 bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, is it worth it. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's nice. Definitely yeah. worth, the, worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. 
Well, my friend, you want to leave with any last words of advice for those out there going through something? No, really, man. Other than just um, go for your dreams and think positive. You know, if anybody tells you you can't do anything, listen to them from this year. Take it out from there. Yeah. And do what you want to do. Yeah. It's your life. At the end of the day, you're the one who is responsible for your destiny. Nobody else is going to be there for you. Roger that. You make it yours. Roger that. And like I said, if there's anybody listening to me who is going through end-stage renal disease, um, watch your diet. Please do what your physicians tell you to do. It is not a joke. Mm -hmm. It is real. So, reach out to me if you have any questions. I'd be more than happy to assist them or help them out mm-hmm. with with anything possible. I've been there. I've done it, and I'm here for anyone who needs help. So, awesome man, appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Where can people find you if they got any questions about renal stuff? Um. Are you on Instagram? I don't know where you are. are you? I am in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, folks? If you have questions, just um, when this video is up on YouTube or whatever, just leave it in the comments. In the comments yeah. And then I will direct your questions to to you and then get back to if you. If I could help anybody, it would be a pleasure. Man. Absolutely. Well, you are helping people sharing that story, man. Definitely. It's always incredible. I always love hearing it. Thank you. So... All right. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, please, folks, you can find this podcast where on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and as well as you can watch it on YouTube. It helps if you subscribe to the channel. I appreciate it. Um, Leave your comments. Leave your questions. I will always get back to you. And until next time, take care of yourself. Peace. Peace.